0: On course.
1: I remember being poor. L- my definition of poor is, I have a car, but my car doesn't work. My car is, is a liability. It takes money to keep my car running, and it's hardly ever running enough to get me where I need to go. And I remember when I got to the place where I said, if this is going to work, it's going to work for me. And I kept on, and I kept on, sold- I don't care, I sold out of everything I got, I didn't care. I got to the place where I, I couldn't care. It, I was desperate. And what it ended up doing for me was it pushed me off a deep end where I don't know when it really happened. But what I knew was I was turning down raises. The church was saying, we won't give you a raise. I was like, no, I'm good. And they asked me, why are you doing that? And I had to ask myself, why are you doing that? And I realized I was doing it because I was afraid to depend on them because I'd been de- de- depending on God for so long. I, I experienced God in the area of finance, where people will walk up to me, shake my hand, and lead me with money out of my hand. And it's, it's, it's more than enough to take care of what needs to take care of. I remember when I could not afford a keyboard. Now what was going on, I, I was I'm preparing for this jazz thing I'm getting ready to do. And, and I, I look in my room, Greg, and I got three keyboards, three of my five keyboards set up to see which one I want to use. They, they, they're right around 4,000 a piece. I remember well, I can do that. And I so, said, so, well, you know what, well, you're in ministry? No, don't start that. Because if, if, if being in ministry is what's blessing me, then every preacher should be able to do it. Amen. Right? So that's not what it is. It's that we have to get to the place where we go off, where we go off the deep end, where, we, where God actually, your love has to fall off the deep end. You have to fall into God to experience him. Okay. Yeah. verse Verse 22. But don't just listen to God's word. It says you must do what it says. Otherwise, you're only what? Now, I gotta help you with this. This is an interesting word. Flip the King James. I want to show you a word. The Bible says in the King James, it says it like this Be he doers of the word, not hearers only. You see that word deceiving? It is literally the word that means robbing yourself. So get the picture, okay? Imagine, imagine you, 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 you leaving the house, you cut the lights off, okay? You drive down the street, you get out your car, you put a hood on, and you get a, a little pick, and you roll back to your house. Pick the lock, go in and rob yourself. Wow. That's what the word, <laughs> that's what that phrase means. When I first read that, it, it, it's, it's the dumbest thing. It, it, it says you're literally picking your own pocket. And asking, where my money go? Whenever I hear the word of God, watch this now, and I hear the word and I think that because I heard the word, I have what it says. I, I, the Bible says I'm deceiving myself. And here's why, back to New Living Translation, give me verse 23. It says, for if you listen to the word of God and don't obey it, don't do, it says it is like glancing at your face in the mirror. Remember we talked about this last week? I look at my, myself in the mirror. Look at verse 24. It says, the mirror tells me I see myself in the mirror. we going to talk about what a mirror says in a minute. I see myself, I walk away, and I forget what? What, I forget what? How many of you were here last week? Put your hand up. How many of you were not here last week? We're not here. Okay, for the people that weren't here, let me help you out. So normally when you teach this, what what people teach is this. They say, uh, when you look in the mirror of the Word of God, it shows you what a low-down, dirty dog you are. Right? That can't be true, and here's why. Why? It says you see yourself, you walk away, you forget what you look like, verse 25 says. But if you look carefully into the perfect law, talking about the word of God, that sets you free. And if you do what it says and don't forget what you heard, then God will bless you for what? Good. Notice, now the blessing is in doing what? The, the blessing is in doing it. The blessing is not in hearing it. But the, I think we used to say, but the Lord had a blessing to the read of his word. No, that's a wrong blessing. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading and the doing of his word. That's the proper blessing to say over the people. Because the blessing is not really in hearing it. The blessing is in hearing it enough where you're willing to do it and you actually do do it. Now you say, well, Pastor, wait a minute. Are we under grace? Do you think that you're under grace so you could just be careless and reckless? Sin still kills. Okay, now watch this. So it says, if you go back to verse 24. Verse 24. Verse 24. You see, give me King James real, real fast. It says this. For he beholdeth himself and goeth his way and straightway forgeteth what manner of man he was. So I took him to Colossians chapter 1 verse 22. And I want to show you, give me New Living Translations, Colossians one twenty-two, What manner of man or woman you are. What does the Bible say about you? What does the Bible say about you? Well, here it is. The Bible says in the body of his flesh through death to present you holy And unblameable in the sight. Give me a New Living Translation, please. That's that's D. Okay, there you go. Yet now he has reconciled you to himself through the death of Christ in his physical body. As a result, as a result, he has brought you into his own presence. And you are what? Holy and blameless as you stand before him without what? Without a sin. That's who you are. And every time you open the book, here's what you're going to see. You're going to see that God has brought you into his own presence. You're going to see that he's made you holy and blameless as you stand before him without a single fault. That's, that's, that's his whole thing. Look at verse 23. But you must continue to believe this truth and do what? Stand firmly on it. He said, don't drift away from the assurance you receive when you heard the good news. He says, now, what happens is when you're going to receive assurance when the word is preached to you. Don't drift away from it. He says, stand on it. Well, how do I stand on it? I have to do it. Say, Pastor, you just don't know. I just can't. Yes, there is righteousness in you, goodness in you that God gave to you. You have been given kindness. You've been given joy. You've been given peace. You've been given love. You've been given self-control. You've been given loyalty or faithfulness. You've been given patience, and, uh, which is different from makatumi, which is long-suffering. We've been given all of this, but we have to do it. We have to live it out. We have to what? Yeah. Now, see, so Pastor, I, I, you see, I, I just feel like you're burdening me. Okay. Let me help you with this. What area of your life right now could use a visitation from God? Whatever area in your life to use, when I say visitation, I'm talking about the, the, the power of God coming to bear and coming to work on a situation. The, the, here's what you need to do. Look at that very area and ask yourself, what? is the will of God. What, does, what would God want me to do in this situation? What do I need to do more of as it relates to the word of God? Don't, don't go far. Don't go searching. A lot of times, it's li- you could limit it to what you're hearing being preached. Amen. I'm not preaching everything here, but you know what? God has a way of letting you be in the right place at the right time to hear the right word. Sometimes sometime it's in a song. Sometimes God can speak to you through whatever means. If, if you get the word in you, God can speak, to, he can activate that word through different means. The question is, what area of your life needs an overhaul in the word? You look at the area and say, you know what? I have not done this. I have not forgiven here. I have not sown there. I have not... Whatever it is, I have to do the word for me to experience God in that area. I have to do the word for me to experience God in that area. I have to do the word to experience God. I have to do the word to experience God. Say that with me. I have to... I do. And you know what? Some people are just satisfied knowing about God. I'm tired of just knowing about him. Sometimes I, sometime I have to do what God wants me to do. It will make me look bad, but I, I know God. I experience God in that area. You got it? Sometimes I keep myself safe, and I keep doing what I'm doing, and you know what? I keep going the same way. And here's the thing. I, I will have my knowledge of God, but no experience with God. And tonight, what I want to provoke you, I want to, I want to cause you to hunger and thirst for an experience with God, where God comes into your situation, where God changes people's hearts concerning you, where God opens doors that were closed, where, where, God, where God speaks to people about you and they call you and say, you know, you've been in my heart. Yeah. Thank you. And you know a good place to begin to do is, is to pray and say, God, show me areas of my life where I can begin to use the grace you've given me, where I begin to obey the word, Show me areas of my life where I need to be obedient, where 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 you can get what you what you need to to get to me. Here's an interesting thing: if God puts the blessing for you on on this side of the platform, and you continue to go keep going to this side of the platform, it doesn't mean you don't have grace. It means you're not being obedient. Because what we're thinking is that God's going to find me and give it to me. No, if God sends me there, then that's where I need to be. And many times when God says, I need you to go to this place, I need you to do this thing, or I need you to forgive this person, forgiveness is not for them. Forgiveness is the medicine I take to heal the wound that they inflicted on me. Did you get that? It's when God says, to he says, um, be not overcome of evil, but overcome evil with good. That goodness that he told me to operate in is the only thing that can fight against the evil that they're giving off. It, it, the thing that God gives you to, to do is becomes the antidote. It becomes, it's, it's, the, it's the strong, it's playing from a, a strong position. You say, but it seems so weak. Okay, get this about your God. Everything in the earth is flipped upside down. In God, down is up. So when He wants to elevate you, normally what's, what will happen to you is you have a, a setback before he, he, he puts you forward. And some people made a cliche. He said, he's, uh, it's a setup." Uh, uh, he's setting you up to whatever. What is it? it? Setback to set up. Whatever. It's. it's I hate cliches. Set back to come I, I don't like that because it, it's, it's cute and it's, it's nice to put it, it's, it sets well on social media. And a lot of people are saying not, a lot of nice things, but it doesn't work quite like that. It doesn't feel like that when you're going through it. But in God, it's really simple. Here's how it works I humble myself before Him, He lifts me up. I exalt myself, He puts me down. It's, it's just, it's all opposites. You got it? It's just, with God, opposites. So I have to know that what God wants from me, he's going to require certain things, and, and I got to be willing to just, I got to trust what he tells me to do. Put on the screen for me, uh, um, Luke chapter six and verse 46. I want to show you this. Your life is going to be confronted with real issues. Let me ask this real quickly. Anybody going through real issues right now? Let me see, keep your hand up on looking, looking. Okay, real issues. Everybody said real issues. Okay, your life is going to be confronted with real issues. I'm going to show you that the people who... Now, don't think you're the only one. Everybody's going to go through. Pastor, I just have financial trouble. You think you're the only one? I just need to make more money. Let me let you know on a secret. The more money you make, the more you're going to be taxed. And if you have kinfolk and friends... Y'all know. Okay, the more money you have, the, and if you're not smart when you get the money, you will think because I have more money, I could spend more money. So it, you, it doesn't alleviate the problem. The problem is not money. The problem is you. I mean, let's be real about it. I blow more money. on as a matter of fact, the more money you make, the more money you think you can blow. That's the big thing. Ah, it's just $35. Oh, it's just $70. What? Just $35? I I remember living in the hood. $35 was rich. If you had $35 left in the bank after you did everything, man, you were good. The gas went up to almost $4 a gallon. I was like, ah, you know. $4 a gallon. I remember driving. Listen to me. I used to drive one of them cars. What's it called? The old... uh, Gangster car. Um, I had a big brown one. It, was, it wasn't even mine. A big old rusted Chevy. The, the big one. The, no, it wasn't Chevy. It was a deuce and a quarter. It was a long, everybody said a long time ago. And I remember now, this is, this is going to bless your life. It's going to bless your life. So my, it was my boy Walter's car. He said, said Walter, let me borrow the car. He said, Cool, put some gas in it. Here's the gas. We put a dollar in that big. That big old car, we put a dollar in there. How far does a dollar go? <laughs> the gas became four dollars a gallon. And my thing was, I oh, just, yes, you know, I could take care of that. But listen, what happens to us is our minds start to change when we get money. So don't think, don't say, I just need more money. No, what you need is more. You need the wisdom of God. You need more of God. You need, you need to know what God wants you to do. You need an experience with God is what you need. Now I'm going to show you this. Jesus said, so why do you keep calling me Lord, Lord? The double emphasis or the double use of the, the, um, the word is for emphasis. He said, you keep calling me Lord when you don't do what I say. He said, you call me master. You call me ruler. You say I'm your God. You say that I run your life. I rule you, but you don't do what I tell you to do. Now, let's, let's, let's examine that. Because some folk can tell you what to do and, and, and the spirit is wrong. You ever work for a person that just didn't know how to talk to folk? And every time they tell you to do something, it aggravates you? Because it ain't about doing it. I mean, it's my job. I'm going to do what you tell me to do. Well, you have to talk to me like that. What happens to us is whenever we read Scripture, I think sometimes we read some of that attitude into it. The Lord says now, why do you call, keep calling me Lord
0: when you won't do what I tell you to do? And the reality is because we have a problem with people telling us what to do. Stay tuned for more of today's teaching with Pastor Hart Ramsey. Lesson. Have you subscribed to Hart Ramsey's Uplift? It's his national text message service where daily you get to hear from the heart of God through the man of God, Hart Ramsey. To subscribe, simply text the word Uplift to the number 46786. Once again, text the word Uplift to the number 46786 and daily you'll receive a text message designed to uplift your spirit, encourage your heart and empower your walk. Subscribe today to Heart Ramsey's Uplift. Amen. Pick up the new release from Stellar Award nominees Heart Ramsey and the NCC Family Choir titled True Story featuring the lead single It Is So. Pick up the chart-topping release from Hart Ramsey and the NCC Family Choir titled True Story in stores now and available at all digital outlets. Imagine being filled with a peace so deep that the world around you can't touch it. Pastor Hart Ramsey is on a mission to help believers understand what it means to have a healthy, prayer-based relationship with God. He's doing that through his brand new book titled Seeking Answers, Finding Rest Through Prayer. It's time to trust God enough to make your prayer life truly about Him. Pick up your copy of Seeking Answers, Finding Rest Through Prayer from Hart Ramsey, available now at Amazon, iTunes, and wherever books are sold. Now let's get back to today's teaching with Pastor Hart Ramsey.
1: In Alcoholics Anonymous, you have to stand up and say, Hey, my name is Hard. I'm an alcoholic. I don't agree with that confession. But you know what? I think you have to, you have to be, in, we have to be that, that kind of person tonight. I so, say, you know, Pastor, yeah, my name is so-and-so, and I don't like people to tell me what to do. Because, the, because the, if you begin with the problem, the answer is not far behind. The, the, the whole issue is this, is that you don't want to be told what to do. You've grown. you waited your whole life to be grown. <laughs> now you grown, I ain't about to go back <laughs> can't tell me what to do. I'm grown. Watch this. But the Lord says, why do you call me Lord when you don't do what I say? And look at verse 47. He says, I will show you what it's like when someone comes to me, listens to my teaching, and then follows it. So here's what he said. Three things. When you come to me, I'm going to add some uh, parenthetic license. When you come to me, okay, when you come to me in prayer, in prayer, I will send teaching to you. You come with a problem, I'm gonna give you teaching. He says, but you have to follow it. He said, if you do this, I'm gonna show you what it's like. Look at verse 48. It is like a person building a house who digs deep and lays the foundation on a, rock, a solid rock. If the floodwaters come, what does it say? Amen. It is not, you notice it didn't say if. It said when. When the floodwaters rise and break against the house, it stands firm because it is well built. Now, This same scripture is in Matthew, and Matthew says it like this. He says, and when the rain falls, and the flood rises, and the wind blows, he said the house will stand because it's well built. Matthew, um, Luke wasn't so thorough, but Matthew said when the rain falls, when the flood rises, when the wind blows. He's showing you it comes from above, it comes from beneath, and it comes crosswise. That's a thorough attack on your life. And he just said, not if, he said when the attack comes, when it comes, he said when it, when it seems like the heavens are brass, okay, when, when it seems like you're in some junk that keeps rising, and when stuff starts coming at you crossways or crosswise, he said you better, he said if you've done what I told you to do, you be prepared for it. So what the Lord tells you to do is always in preparation for what's coming. It's, not, it's never for what's going on now. You know, one of the the, the, the things that that I love is that I've always been a merciful person. And the Lord spoke to me years ago about really increasing that. Just be more merciful. Just be merciful, merciful. I mean, I'm talking merciful. Just just showing a lot of mercy and sowing into people and blessing people. What the Lord knew was that later on I would need that same mercy. And some people, because you haven't been through anything, you won't won't show mercy or do the things the Lord told you to do, not knowing you're going to need it. Okay, now look at the next verse, look for for, verse 49. But anyone who hears and doesn't obey, give me King James. What does King James say? But he that heareth and doeth not is like a man without a foundation. That, That without a foundation built a house upon the earth against which the stream did beat vehemently, and immediately it did what? Fell and read the last phrase with me. What does it say? And the ruin of that house. It was devastation. You know why? Because we didn't do. How many? Now, now this is not to scare you. What it is to do is to encourage you to begin right where you are right now. What can you do? What does the Lord tell us to do? Well, Number one, you uh, make a note of this. You 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 need to have a prayer life. The, the prayer life is not a burden. Don't make it a burden. Make it make it an adventure. Keep a journal. And 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 t- have this relationship with God where you talk to God about the things that are important to you. I'm gonna tell you this is a, a powerful truth. Um, what, um, I was a year ago, a year ago, matter of fact, a little bit over a year ago, um, I was working through some tax things I was doing, and I was like, oh my God, I must go. It looked like I owed the government ten thousand dollars. Like, how? What am I gonna do? And I remember thinking, oh God, okay, I just won't deal with it. not I just, I just do, keep on working with, and then. I start praying. I say, God, I, I, there's no way I could pit the government $10,000. Now, here's the thing I want to help you out with. Number one, there, there was no proof I owed the government $10,000. It's just when I looked at my taxes, they looked, I, I delayed the file and I went, oh, my God, I must owe a lie because <laughs> I saw all these receipts that came in of money that I made. Thank God for that. Okay. So, so I, I, I start praying. I said, God, I need someone to do these taxes for me, and it can't be a regular or block person. I need someone to know what they're doing. Elder Pete was mentioned. He said, you know, we find a good accountant. I said, well, accountant? I said, turn me on to your accountant. He said, sure. I gave me the guy's number and stuff. So I sit with the guy. I, t- I told the story before. I sat with the guy. This guy, his bedside manner was perfect. He handled me well. He, was, he, he knew about music income, and he was just so, so pleasant to deal with. I said, I said, when do I pay you? He said, oh, you don't pay me until till we get to the end. I like this guy. He didn't want money up front. I mean, he handled me really well. I was late getting him some stuff. I called him said, I'm sorry I was out of time. He said, oh, no problem, no problem, I got you. When we finally filed, he, say, he said, I got your numbers together. You need to come to the office. I went to the office. I sat there and I said, okay, just give it to me straight. Just give it right now. Just, just tell me. <laughs> he said, you'll get about $3,600 back. I said, I did not owe the government? He said, well, technically you don't. He said, and here's why. He started showing me these little things. He said, he said you, didn't, you didn't check that? You didn't see that? And he says, we, we'll take care of this. He said, we'll file it. He said, if it's wrong, then they'll, they'll fix some spots. He said, but I think this is right from what I see here. This, so he sent it, the taxes that came back. I got thirty six, thirty seven hundred dollars back. Now, here's the thing. Here's the thing. I did in that moment what God told me to do. What did he say to do? He told me to pray. That's a, you see, the, the doing is not what you think. It's not, it's, not, it's not the law. All he told me to do was pray. All he said to do was be careful for nothing, but it, I mean, everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let my request be made known unto God, and the peace of God comes over me. And then he, you see, what happens now is, I did what he told me to do, and the outcome was he, he blessed me. I was laying in my bed last night, thinking about another situation I have to deal with, and the Lord said to me, Remember the tax problem last year? He reminded me. He said, Here you are a year later. Last year you thought you owed. You actually got money back because you you handled it the right way. He said, just handle this the right way too. And that's and that's everybody say, handle it the right way. And the way you handle it the right way is to do what the Lord says to do. You said, Pastor, you don't understand. I'm in trouble. But don't lie. Don't, no, just, if it comes, now, now I'm going to say this is going to bless your life. You don't owe an explanation to everybody. Amen. No, no, that wasn't loud enough. I need a lot of amen in there. Folk will come to you saying, well, you know, I heard of us. You don't have to tell them nothing. Amen. Here's the, I have a rule about my life. Because I'm a public figure, doesn't mean you have to know all my business. Yes, sir. No, 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 I'm going to say it a different way. Because I'm a public figure, means you're not going to know all my business. I heard you can hear what you want to. All you're hearing is good. It's good to hear. Be quick to hear. Slow to speak. Slow to wrath. You can hear what you want. But here's the thing. I don't owe you. And what I've learned is, what I've learned, what I've just learned, but when when you do speak, tell the truth. It's better. It's better. Because God backs that up. Okay, so now go back to the, go back up to verse, forty six. We're gonna read down this, through this again. Give me message translation, please. I want to show you this from the message. It says, "Why are you so polite with me? I, I always saying yes, sir, and that's right, sir, but never doing a thing I tell you. You're always saying amen." Verse forty seven. These words I speak to you are not mere additions to your life. Here's what he said. The words I speak to you, they're not mere additions to your life. Homeowner improvements to your standard of living. He says they are foundation words. Words to build a life on. The words you're hearing, they're not additions. They're not not home improvement words. He said, these are foundational words. Look at verse 48. He says, if you work the words into your life, you are like a smart carpenter who dug deep and laid the foundation of his house on bedrock. When the river burst its banks and crashed against the house, nothing could shake it. It was built to last. It was what? Built to last. Verse 49. But if you use... If you just use my words in Bible studies <laughs> and don't work them into your life. You're like a dumb carpenter. Tell your neighbor don't be a dumb carpenter. Matter of fact, tell your other neighbor, don't be a dumb anything. Just tell him don't be. He <laughs> said, <Is it>, but <laughs> this is so he says, but if you just use my words in Bible studies and don't work them into your life, you're like a dumb carpenter who built a house but skipped the foundation. When the swollen river came crashing in, it collapsed like a house of cards. It was a what? It was a total loss. So here's, here's what I came up with. Let's, we went going end here tonight. It's, it's important. Oh, and I want you to see, everybody look at me for a minute. There are times when what God wants you to do seems so irrelevant. It seems like it's the wrong thing to do. And so there'll be times when, when you come to church, and you've been here if you've, if you've been safe for any length of time because your life is going to be challenged. When, especially when it comes to your giving, when it comes to, to, um, to sowing, when it comes to apologizing, when it comes to, to, uh, to forgiving, when it comes to, to, to walking in love, when it comes to, to coming to church. There'll be times when you're going to be challenged. And here's what it comes down to. It comes down to, although it doesn't seem relevant, it seems, the word relevant means connected to the issue.
0: It is. It is. We hope you've enjoyed today's teaching courtesy of On Course with Hart Ramsey. We invite you to join the NCC family for our weekly services in Dothan and Montgomery, Alabama and Atlanta, Georgia. For service times and locations, visit our website, nccfamily.org. Again, nccfamily.org. We invite you to follow Pastor Hart Ramsey on social media, on Twitter, at Heart Ramsey on Facebook at Heart Ramsey Media and on Instagram at Pastor Heart Ramsey. Be sure to join us next time as we continue to dive into God's word as we get on course with Heart Ramsey.